Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. All right. Okay. It's recording. Did you know it's on? It's on. I just wanted to ask. It's on. Hey, Stewie. All right. Three, it's on. Two, one. Guys, we're back. That's, I, that's definitely not how I thought you were going to start the show today. What do you think I was going to yell? It's, it's on. on. It's on, guys. <laughs> Never stops me. Quit fooling around. It's on for the next 116 days. Oh, oh for a second, I thought Daniel lagged out. I was like, oh, what a oh no. Oh, what a start to the show. You've been oh. like that in a while, Daniel. I know. That's good. Crazy times. Maybe I had the uh, similar thing with Alex. You know, Let's not talk about it. Though. A lot of phone calls. It's not coming back. It's not coming yeah. back. We're not going to say with which provider, but you know. I was going to ask who is your internet provider, but it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Does it rhyme with with Lels or Lel or is it Rogers? <laughs> Verizon. What? Is it Verizon. Is Verizon in Canada? Oh. No. <laughs> well. That's nothing to talk for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow. Guys, here we are. Week, God, is it week three of the season? Is that where we are? Or is this week two only? I'm week so two, confused. Week, uh, oh. It is. What? I don't know. It's like in between the first week and the second week. Or are we entering the third week? We count training camp? Today's I Wednesday. I think we're entering the third week. It's been two weeks. Oh, my God. It's, wow. We've had a few teams that have temporarily looks like their season has been suspended. Dallas obviously came out today. Carolina's in the same boat. Everyone who Carolina are going to play, so everyone who who the Panthers are going to play seem to just disappear. I saw a stat that they're going to have like sixteen practices by the time they play another game. They better wow. look out. They better look spectacular. I mean, they're honestly. I mean, Sergey Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky played his first game. Say percentage was below 900 in that game. It's one game. It's one game. It's, it's okay. One, it's supposed to be we believe in him. season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In our uh, preview, um, you know, I have my boy, Aaron Eckblad, bouncing back to Alexander Barkov being the MVP he should be. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you about one Panther that's had a good start to the season. And I don't know if this was intentional or not to kick this guy out the butt, but Keith Yandel, there were – there was – a general thought around the league that the Panthers did not see him in their top six, which is incredible because he had 40 points last year and is has, currently has the leading Ironman streak in the NHL. It's games played straight without injury, without missing a game, right? Yeah. And it looks like his game, sorry, the streak was going to end, but then, of course, the Panthers started the season, got messed up against the Pank, um, sorry, because of Dallas getting shut down and all that. And all these reports started coming out, accusations about him being a bad teammate and that. And the players apparently in Florida got involved. He ends up playing. He scores in his first game. He has three points in two games, two hits. He's plus two, two penalty minutes. But 
I can't help but think, guys, that even if the Panthers, this wasn't their intention, this works out for them anyway because they've all of a sudden got Keith Yandel probably playing for what he can see as is his career right now. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, I'm I'm really curious that if he's not in their top six, so Keith Yandel obviously plays on the left. Who do they have in front of him? Like that, I'm really curious about who they envision on their left side of the defense because. Uh, obviously there's Mackenzie Weger, who I think last year, the last couple of years, a lot of people have seen a lot of improvement from him. Mm-hmm. Gustav Forsling, Ryan, St- uh, Riley Stillman. Mm. I like, don't know about that. I don't know. Like we, who else is there really that, that they honestly think is better than, better than Keith Yandel. Another guy they claimed off waivers was Noah Juleson, but that right. guy has unfortunately, because of injury, has only the only games he's played over the past three years has been a handful of AHL games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing with the Panthers is I think they ended last year on a weird note because we ex- the the battle for third of the Atlantic was so weird because it seemed like no one wanted that spot, including the Leafs and the Panthers, right? Who are the two teams pretty much at the at the time of the of um, stopping the season? Those were the two guys fighting for the that spot. Mm-hmm. Daniel, your thoughts on Keith Yandel? It's uh, the, the reason I say his career he's fighting for here instead of just a lineup spot, because I think a lot of teams would be very interested in Keith Yandel, is just because of the pure, the weight that an Iron Man streak has to players. Us as, as fans don't really understand as much as players do how important it is. Because you can make about points, assists, and all that. But it seems it's really weird. It's, it's the Iron Man streaks, Daniel, that players really really respect yeah and it's weird to me that this relationship he's having with the panthers is deteriorating because when you mentioned that iron man iron man streak it kind of generally assumes you know this is a guy that's been able to kind of take things seriously with his health with his consistency and he's someone i envision as a joel quenville type of guy where quenville comes from you know that veteran laden defensive core that he had with Chicago and he he's someone I thought they would kind of keep around someone that maybe could be that bit of veteran presence um around that defense and ar- around a lot of the young guys the Panthers have so it's kind of weird to me that you know this is something that is being brought up because he's a guy that you know he's been on a few teams he's been on those Ranger deep run teams he's been on Arizona for quite some time and this is the first time I'm hearing that you know you know, maybe we have a troublesome guy. Maybe we have someone that is not fitting our culture or fitting with what we want to have move moving forward. But like you said, how they kind of finished their playoffs last year, how they're kind of set up now in terms of the depth outside of those core players. I, I actually don't know what their identity is. It dates back to the, um, the trade deadline last season where they got rid of Vincent Trocek and everyone talks about that there is the it's easy here mentality in Florida and that's why they got rid of Trocek a disastrous move when you look at the asset side of it because what happened to Eric Hala and you gave away arguably a top six centerman but 
Well, it's just, I understand trying to maybe throw a jolt into the room, but intentionally, like, we can talk about the principle of the Iron Man streak if we really want to here. But the first thing I see with Keith Yandel is just, like, that's a defenseman I want. In a bad game, I mean, he's better than Riley Stillman. And you know what you have in him compared to a lot of these defensemen. Yeah. And obviously because of his offensive thing, you don't want to play him with Ekblad because that would just screen turnovers to me. But I just don't – I think they're sacrificing. And, again, they have not lost. They're 2-0. They should have played more games, obviously, but their opponents just keep getting COVID. But then it feels like you're sacrificing your ability to win every night for the sake of teaching a lesson. I mean – I don't get it from Florida and I don't get it from Quinville. And again, he's the coach. No one has more influence over line decisions than the head coach. Right. Yeah. It, the whole decision seemed, it, it, it didn't seem right because you've never heard ever about any issue with Keith Yandel or I haven't at least. Um, so to hear now all of a sudden that he might not be the best teammate comes as a huge surprise to, I think, a lot of people. And obviously, like Friedman uh, brought it up in uh, 31 Thoughts, that it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case. It just seemed like that was something that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, why would you do – I don't know. I, I don't know why you would do this. To me, it just this whole situation doesn't make sense because – I'm sorry, unless they have more info, like they obviously have more information than, than us in terms of like data, et cetera. And the, we don't know what the locker room's like, but to say that he's not in your top six, who are you replacing him with? Like you have to have an answer. You can't just say, well, we're not playing Keith Yandel because I don't envision him in our top six long-term. Well, yeah, he's 34, has three years left. Probably not a long-term guy with the team. But right now, it, you're telling me that he's not top six? Not to them. You know what? It, it, every time I've ever heard an interview or something about, about Keith Yandel and players talking about him, it's always a smile on his face. They talk about just how funny a guy he is. And looking at their, their stuff on daily face-off, their line combinations, right now Marcus Nunavara is injured. Did not know this. So it will be interesting to keep an eye on if Yandel will be coming out once Nunavara is, um, is healthy. And we also hope that maybe then there's some roster shenanigans and they have to wave Noah Jolson and he can come back to Montreal. We can help. We can help mm. and help. Yeah, Riley Stillman, Strawman at this point of his career. I'll take Keith Yandel over both those guys anytime. Anything else you guys want to add? Just on? to bring up, sorry, just to bring up something. Um, you talked about the importance of an Ironman streak to, of, to the players. Like, remember Andrew Cogliano last year mm-hmm. when he got suspended, or I guess two seasons ago now, he got suspended and he was devastated. I think he had uh, 830 game Ironman streak, which was fourth in NHL history. Um, so, like, obviously, like, and he was devastated. I remember seeing the the interview after the suspension was announced, and he was in tears, almost practically in tears. So, I, I think it does mean something to a player. I feel like it's really difficult for people who 
aren't, I guess, haven't played in the NHL to dis- understand what this Iron Man streak really means. Mm-hmm. Daniel. I think, yeah, there's two things there where, you know, Keith Yandel is a veteran guy that he really does value that Iron Man streak that it's kind of something where it just, you know, it, when I heard about it and I heard about the possibility that they're just going to take him out of the lineup because it's just not working, you know, it, it, it felt like it hit him where it hurts. And that's a big thing for him. Uh, Keith Yandel, I remember hearing about like he was, he could have been a captain on Arizona if it, Shane Doan didn't play as long as he did. Uh, <laughs> like this is the Daniel Charles Pritchie's Bergeron situation. But h- how I kind of see it too is this whole drama thing just doesn't fit the narrative of what Florida is trying to do this season. And it's to finally be a consistent playoff uh, team because not saying that they've been a huge joke these last years, but you know, there's been a, an abundance of draft picks. There's been an abundance of let's get these veteran guys, then let's trade them off. And, you know, Vincent Trocek was another example of that where they have to kind of get out of that pattern. They have to say, we have this established system. Now we have this roster and we have to do something about it. Let's find consistency. Now let's not just go back and say, all right, well, you know, let's just start over again in the off season because, in two years, you're going to have to pay Jonathan Huberdeau and Alex Barkov. Like, would they want to commit long-term with a team that just doesn't really know what their identity is? I can only imagine their thought process. Year after year, there's barely any fans in our arena. We're throwing all the money at these free agents, and it's not working. We're the hipster pick every year. Who's going to surprise Florida? And they just keep on falling on their faces to the Panthers. And yeah. I, I just, I want them to be good. I want, like, listen, do I want them to, do I rather than be in Quebec City, obviously, but like, mm-hmm. I never want to see the active, like, just failure of a franchise. No. And like, you know, you'd like to obviously grow the game in the States. And it's so frustrating. I don't give a damn about location. When you see Tampa and just how wicked an organization it is and how awesome their arena is, and then you go to the Panthers, and it's like, oh, wow. It's just one of those teams that there's just there's nothing there. I, I still don't understand the Vincent Trocek trade. I remember the, the minute it happened. I'm pretty sure we were we were about to meet up to go to class. Mm-hmm. And I look at my phone, and it says, Vincent Trocek has been traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. Why? Isn't and this it, like a cap move or something? They didn't even get... I, the whole thing was we need to get a partner for Aaron Ekblad. That was their thing for years, mm-hmm. for a couple, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, they were, there, there were rumors about Vincent Trocek and, you know, bringing in a defenseman back. They didn't even do that. It was, you're right. Daniel's right. It was a cap because uh, the rumor is, is the owner wanted them to slash salaries by 10 million. Which is just happens to be what Sergei Borovsky made. There was there right. was also the idea that it was it's too easy to play there, that maybe guys are complacent, and that you know that's the thing people say about when you go on the road in Florida, ah, you're gonna go here, you're gonna go there, you're chilling on the you know it's stuff like that. It's but I don't I don't know. Isn't it's, there a difference between going to Florida a couple times a year and living in Florida for the for, for the full year? Like there is a difference. I fully understand. I mm-hmm. fully get that idea and you know what? It might be a possibility. But like 
I, I always hear this thing uh, some people say about LA. It's like, it's great to go visit LA every once in a while, but to live in LA is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. For that about Miami as well, with the Miami Heat, that players going in, like they got to be taken seriously. Like they, uh, apparently LeBron and Dwayne Wade help change that narrative there. Yeah. I imagine. Like, yeah. Love basketball. Do you finish the last dance? I, I'm on the last episode. You're on the last dance of the last dance. (laughs) I was going to make that joke. I was going to make that joke. Daniel beat me to it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Guys, I think now we should. There's an announcement to make, isn't there? Oh, there is. There is. Daniel, we know where you're going to be this semester. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we should play a video. The rumors are true. The rumors are true. Are we just going to insert it? Can or? you see oh, no, it? We've got it. Okay. We got it. I don't know how loud it's going to be here. So I'll put it about halfway. Mm-hmm. You let me know. All right. We cannot hear it. I cannot hear it. Oh, because I didn't share audio. That would be. Oh, uh, that's awkward. <laughs> that would be good, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, for our YouTube viewers, we have a video from our friend of the show, Will Baldwin. Okay. We're going to play it again. Okay. Okay, can you uh, can you hear me? Yeah. This is as loud as I can play it. Okay. Hey guys, this is Will Baldwin, the sports editor over at the Eye Opener, here to confirm two things. One, Daniel Centeno is back as a writer for us this semester, and two, Carey Price is still the best goaltender in the world. Amazing. There it is. First off, yeah, Daniel's. We we tease at the end of every every episode. Where's for the Daniel last three going? months? And we mm-hmm. thought, like, let's just get Will. To, let's get Will on to do something. So we asked him for a cheeky little video. First off, he looks like Brendan Gallagher. I've realized. I'm gonna message him later, and we'll be like, "Man, you look like." Oh, and second of all, love that. we did we did not ask him to do anything to do with with Carey Price. He did that on his own. Yeah. And I have to say that is a the best take. He's absolutely correct. And I love, I love Will. He's the best. It's a great guy. I'm happy to be back with the eye opener. Um, it's just, it's fun writing for them. You know, I coming from the Risonian, it's, that was like a different experience. I had fun there, but to going back to just being a reporter for now, it's gonna, it's gonna be an interesting thing. And I've worked with Will before in the past and yeah, awesome guy. I love sports. And you know, how often can you have a publication where two sports editors are working together? So, yeah, well, former sports editor. <laughs> yeah. No pap, no power struggle, Daniel. No power struggle. I've <laughs> relented to Will. As we have always said, and we're not backtracking. Yes. The eye opener rules. The Ryersonian rules. Oh. Unless did we say the opposite? Ever? We greatly appreciate it. Yes, I think that's the theme of the day: transfer of power. <laughs> <laughs> That was really, really good. Oh my god, that was brilliant. That was I guess what what else happened today, guys? That was, that was really good. That was <laughs> a plus, a plus for that. If you're one. wondering when we're recording this, <laughs> Biden got sworn into. That was absolutely. That was phenomenal. Oh, that, that was he, real. You awesome. slid that in there. No, yeah, that's that. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's go. 
get going. Um, oh. We got a few games on the NHL docket tonight, ladies and gentlemen. A few. Um, and we care about two. God, I have a headache after that. That was really good. <laughs> God, I don't think I've ever laughed that much on the show before. Okay, well, I'll start with the Leafs here. Um, they come off a fantastic win over the Jets. And the docket have this as the first Leafs win in quotations of the season. Obviously, they yeah. won a few games already. But this is the first game where we really got to see the Leafs really rolling four wheels on the road here, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. A great performance. Everyone, and obviously Austin Matthews in the best shape of his life. Still couldn't score. <laughs> Still couldn't score. But yes, the, you know what? The great rushes. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the, getting... it's the puck. It's the puck. Okay, yeah. Austin. Okay. <laughs> oh man, Bobby Ryan's scoring with him pretty well, isn't he? I know. <laughs> Watch now, star. Bobby Ryan's not going to score as well because they, they changed the bucks. But know. you know that that Leafs top line is looking better every game. It it is it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it you're right. Uh, it is their first Leafs win of the season because I think I said last episode that I didn't think they looked like the better team in any of their games so far. Um. And, I mean, I'm still going to go with that one, but did that game against Winnipeg was for sure. They did look like the better team. I don't care if, I don't care if Patrick Laine and Tucker Pullman weren't in that game. Okay, they were. They still would have won the game if they were in that in that uh, in that game. I think who was it? Jesse uh, Pollock. Pollock from uh, Bar Down. Yes. Said that if Laine was in that game, <laughs> the Jets would have won. You're wrong. If that's what makes you sleep better at night, go right ahead. Oh, we love you, Jesse. You we love Bar Down. Listen, yeah, Laine sure. is a fantastic player, but Patrick Laine is not the difference from getting one shot in a period. <laughs> what was it? There was that stretch of how many minutes for the Jets only managed one shot on that? Yeah. I, I mean, their defense is pretty uh, – Bland. Josh Morrissey and friends. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, well, Morrissey's been all right defensively, but like Line Mm. A is, and again, so is Line A. He's worked on this complete game. We saw that last year. But defensively, I don't think Patrick Line A is a difference maker in the game versus the Leafs on the defensive side of the game. Let me make that very, very clear. Uh, Did they? Did they not have Dylan Demello? Yeah, I didn't. Don't think they had Dylan Demello. Yeah, they are. They are. Like there are uh, obviously Julius Honka went on waivers today uh, for Dallas and people were talking about the Jets picking him up. And then Dreger ended up tweeting saying, I mean, yeah, the Jets could pick him up, but he'd have to do, he'd have to uh, quarantine for 14 days because he's crossing the border. And that, that'd be six Jets games. It's like, Mm -hmm. what good is that going to do? Like eventually it'll be good, but like, are you? Is it really worth it? I mean, for the sake of just getting Julius Hook out of Dallas, I'd do it. Like, I guess, guy. yeah, yeah, no, you, for the sake of that, uh, for sure. But I guess the Leafs, it, it was like I think everyone was rolling. I think after that second, the first game against the uh, Senators, TJ Brody had. I mean, he's only played four games, mm-hmm. but that was by far his worst performance as a Leafs in that first Ottawa game. And it's just been going up and up. Like that next Ottawa game, he was really good. Even against the Jets, he was really good. Like I think – I don't think we're, the Leaf fans are actually ready for what TJ Brody is because 
it's an actual partner for Morgan Riley. We're just not used to it. We're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> is this real life? You know the thing with the butterfly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The meme. Like- no, the meme. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Saying is like, is this a real defensive partner for Morgan Riley? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And one, and, one question I just yeah. have, if, is it, if, if I go. Um, go, go. Alex, how do you feel about Neil Pionk? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. guy's, guy's trash. <laughs> That's what I was saying at the is time. Is he public I don't, enemy listen, number listen, one? I don't think he's actually trash. You have to understand – Okay, my the- my thing is, if you're in in sport uh, media, you're you're a sports fan. Like that's just what it is. You probably started by following a team, and it grew. So mm-hmm. those like three hours when the Leafs are on, screw Ottawa, screw Montreal, screw Edmonton, screw Vancouver, screw everybody. Like it's just that mentality. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the podcast, it's a different mentality. So at the time, Daniel, yes, it was Neil Pionk, your trash bud. Now. To quote a famous sweater by Peace Collective. The five, oh, okay, sorry. Toronto versus everybody. <laughs> now, 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 for those of you who don't know, I believe it was like this. Um, because right as the game was ending, Montreal had started, so I, I had flipped over. But So empty net opportunity, Mitch Marner, I believe, has the puck. And yeah. Neil Pionk goes after him. And at this point, the Jets have basically lost the game. And I was listening to Hockey Central, the episode for yesterday, I think earlier today. And from what I understand, and you guys can obviously correct me here, is yeah, the game was over, obviously, but apparently Mitch was in a position where he was eligible to be hit. But man, do you need to do that? Especially like at the end of the day, like if, if you're, I think Anthony Stewart made the point of if you're Neil Pionk, you don't want the next day to be on video of you had the chance to go after this guy and you didn't. At the same time, though, um, they've already sort of embarrassed you a bit here. Um, what's what are you thinking? You know, you're right. It's it, it was um, it was definitely not. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily think it was the right thing. But again, what do I know? Um, from a Leafs perspective, though, I think that was by far their the game where I actually saw them care the most, mm-hmm. like not play the most consistent but actually care when uh, I don't remember who it was. Someone ran into Freddie. I can't remember what player it was. Muzzin was just beside him. Muzzin ended up falling over to the side, but Hall came in after and was roughing the guy up. Obviously he got the two minute, he got a two minute minor as well. So it only ended up being four on four, but like, that's what I want to see. I, like how many times have I said on this show that Freddie gets hit or Freddie gets bumped or this, and we just sit there or Matthews, let's say, and, and no one does anything. Mm-hmm. So I really think we are seeing, either, I don't know if it's the Wayne Simmons, the Joe Thorne, we're seeing some type of effect because even after the Marner, Marner shot, Tavares comes in and gets a little shovey after Shai comes that. in, right? Like, Stick up for your teammates, stick up for yourselves. And I think we're starting to see that from different guys. And I think that's what the first step for this team is. And if they can continue that Mm -hmm. over next games. I just like to know, was it ever confirmed what Marner said? No, but I really want to know. Yeah, same here. Because like how how vulgar can Marner be? Guy, Mm -hmm. he still looks like he's like 16. But again, yeah, I love the Tavares. He comes in, helps Marner, starts shoving, you know, 
has some words with Mark Shifley where, you know, when it's not a uh, Jets Leafs game, we love Mark Shifley, but you know, it's something that you really want to see that changed culture. It's exactly you, you maybe Leafs teams in the past will not react to that a way you really like, you know, they would just let the incident occur. And the difference between situations like this and the playoffs will be if you respond, right? And I'm not saying you never go for you never go for the cheap shot, obviously. But when you stand up for yourself and your teammates, and you all of a sudden show that we're not going to be pushed around, it makes a world of difference. And that is what the Leafs have been missing. And this is why you've mentioned the Simmons and the Thornton signings are so integral for the Leafs. And Bogosian, just I yeah, exactly. Like, when he's not taking penalties, when he's not taking penalties, but I thought I'd Never have to throw it. that name in there. Yeah, I think that's the big change that I see here, and I'm I'm really loving it. I know it's really early in the season, but I love it that you have guys that are gonna hold other teams accountable in that sense. But it doesn't mean you have to roll out a Fraser McLaren, a Colton or a Matt Martin to get that. You could get guys that can skate. You could get guys that could play. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, chip in offensively. I think that's what's been the big change for me this year. It, and by no means am I saying take that penalty, that penalty that Justin Hall took. I don't think that was the right thing to do to get to the point where you get your t- saying, "Hey, we have the opportunity for a power play, but I'm going to take this roughing penalty." But I think the intention of standing up for your goalie when no one has done that in the past since he got here, I think the intention was right. Mm-hmm. It's better than just seeing Spezza step up, which is what we've we've seen in the past. You need, right, you need everyone. God. You God, never yeah. ever let your goalie get pushed around. That's no. like if I was a coach, that's the first thing I would teach my guys: is anyone touches that that blue thing of ice, you give them hell. Yeah. So we look at what the Leafs have to go up against tonight: the Edmonton Oilers. And it has not been a great start for the Edmonton Oilers. They won the second of their games against the Canucks, but... That's another story, the Canucks. Another, oh, we're getting to them later, don't <laughs> worry. The Oilers, in their past two games, have go, gone over 10 on the power play. And in the last two games, McDavid and Drysaw have been limited to an assist between them. And what I'm worried about, and I was worried about this every single second of the Montreal game, is... The moment, like, McDavid sort of gets a bit too pissed off, he can snap. And, like, you know what? That's sort of I'm taking over the game mentality that star players have. On the other side of this, we're going to be looking for Tyson Berry because he was leading the stretch today. It's his return game. I don't think he's a right to be mad because he kind of – his performance was his own fault, to be honest, even when Keefe took over. Um, But if there's anything for Toronto tonight, it is – Really, I mean, they're a deep team. And the Oilers is, like, listen, if the Canadians can give the Oilers trouble with your most elite talent being, like, Nick Suzuki, I think the Leafs should be fine as long as they, because the Oilers' power play is going to strike eventually. McDavid is going to strike eventually. As long as they use their depth and stay out the box, I'm pretty sure the Leafs are going to be fine tonight. If the same Leafs that played Winnipeg showed up show up to play the Oilers tonight, I don't think there's going to be an issue. 
And do you know what, Alex? That's a big question for the Leafs is because if there's one right. question that you would have, it is their consistency. Right. And do you know what? They can prove a lot of, they can make a real statement tonight if they come out and have another strong game. For can, sure. Yeah. It's going to mm. open a lot of people's eyes to that team. I mean, I, 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 uh, I talked about it last episode. Like you can't come into game two of a season of a 56 game season and just absolutely throw a game. Mm-hmm. Or look like like the way they did. Like there's no excuse for that. I think I think they need the and, and maybe it's not just the Leafs. I think maybe a lot of teams might be forgetting this, but every game is a four point game. Mm-hmm. Every game. You're only playing your division. So every single game is just as important as the next. Mm-hmm. It's not just you getting those extra points but it's you kicking down the opposition even more. Right. And the Oilers, I don't think there is a team that feels more down right now than the Edmonton Oilers. Because nothing's changed. No, I know it has not. No, you're absolutely right. Like, I think we got that. We had this mentality that when Ken Holland came in, you know, look at what he did with the Red Wings for how many years. And, you know, they made the playoffs. They made deep runs. You know, he's going to do the same things for the Oilers. Maybe it's not going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be. Like, I don't think it's just put plugging pieces in there. I I'll never understand why, uh, why Josh Archibald is still playing on the first line. Like it's one thing that's never going to escape me. Why is Josh Archibald playing on the first line? I mean, they've had buddies with uh, Connor McDavid. He's buddies with Connor McDavid. I don't know. That's all I I can think of. He's got a cool he, does he give them a plus one on the uh, lines? On the chemistry? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a 79, he's an 80 overall. But, you know, like Nugent Hopkins has been up there. I mean, I liked the tourist deal, but that was going to be good for the penalty kill. This, I, uh, there's yeah. still no support for secondary scoring. There is none there. And I mean, their goaltending is still a massive issue. And they don't have the defense to kind of, you know. Here, the, the, you're you're absolutely right, and and it maybe I'm thinking of this the wrong way, but I think it's bizarre to say that Edmonton took multiple steps forward because all they did was fix one issue. Maybe they fixed one issue. I guess we'll find out at the end of the season. Like I think the tourists and Dominic Cahoon signings can turn out to be really turn out to be really good for them because tourists just bought out from um, Nashville has something to prove. Mm-hmm. Dominic Cahoon, I think was in Buffalo and Pittsburgh. He had an okay season. Like again, maybe something to prove for his Buffalo, next contract, yeah. but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their defense Tyson, if they they brought in Tyson Berry and ended up losing Oscar Clefbaum to an injury for the entire season, that mm-hmm. one, I guess, isn't necessarily their fault. But if that's the possibility, like going into free agency, we there was, I think there was a rumor that Clefbaum could be out for the entire season. Yes. Why don't you go address that need, even if he's not out for the entire season? Isn't it better to have a really good defenseman who can play defense? But then you ask the question, would they have bothered to come to Edmonton? Probably not. Is- like, go listen Go listen to the the um, Harmon Dial episode where we talked about Jacob Markstrom. Mm-hmm. 
Like, why? How? How? Um, you have the best player in the world. I don't understand. Speaking of Harmon Dial, he had a really, really good article um, talking about the Canucks slump, to be honest with you. Um, and we can talk about that in a second. We'll preview the Canucks and the Canadians. They played tonight, first of a three-game series. But before that, anything else you guys want to talk about when it comes to the Leafs, the Oilers, expectations for the game and all um, that? Before we move on, mm-hmm. I don't, it's not in the doc. I don't know if you want to talk about it. Can we talk about the Mike Babcock article? I think we should talk about the Mike Babcock. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Pierre Lebrun, the athletic. Okay. I don't like to to crap on other journalists because I know, like, even just being in school, I know how difficult it is writing an article. Like, it's not just sit down and put the right words in the right order. It's not that, right? Mm-hmm. It, that's difficult to do. It's not that easy. I w- wasn't the biggest fan of it. Really? Yeah, I felt well, because, the same way too. Because I think it if and and it's not it's not necessarily LeBron's fault. I, I I don't necessarily think it's entirely on him, because he is quoting Mike Babcock. Mm-hmm. But the way Mike Babcock was talking, and it made it seem like he was the victim here. Oh, like the what was it? The friends and stuff. If you go read the friends and stuff, even the way he put the yeah. martyr stuff out there, which apparently, I, I'm there's so many conflicting things, especially with the Marner stuff. That's like, yeah. oh, it's true, it's not true, it's true, it's not true. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't know, Pierre LeBron of TSN, great guy, and also one of the best people at the Athletic, has just done an article. He released it yesterday, I believe it was. First time Babcock has spoken since being let go by the Leafs. He talks about how he's coming to NBC. He talks about the Marner list. And yeah, he talks about Franzen of his time in Detroit. And that was the whole thing of like how he was like, Franzen was his whipping boy and all that. And yeah, it was, he's like, oh, I wish you were the place there. You can't just talk normally when you're Babcock. Yeah, just going on about like, oh, you know, like, didn't know, you know, felt that way. I wish I would have known and would have made it. Just, it, there was no sort of accountability. accountability. Yes. I'd say with it. And how he talks about what I hated. I doubt that you're bringing it up, Alex, was how he's like, you know, I was surprised to hear that. And he's like, with all the work I do with mental health, I'm like, no, you did not just pull that card. Yeah, that's the one thing. Um, and I'm not quoting myself, but I'm quoting a lot of what the comments were following okay. that article with mm-hmm. Pierre Lebrun. And a lot of people did agree with them, with each other, I guess, is it felt like a PR piece. It didn't feel like that deep dive that I think a lot of us were waiting for about what were your real, like, what were your thoughts? And I think, and this is just what I kind of think that if it wasn't for that NBC kind of, that NBC position right now where, you know, you're going to have to balance out the employment. You have to balance out the opinions of things. I think maybe we'd have had a deeper dive with this. If we had a Mike Babcock that wanted to go on the record, maybe five months ago. I wonder if, if Pierre had maybe tried to talent, because obviously we don't, there's stuff that's obviously that was said that was not in there. Yeah, we don't know the questions either. I wonder or like what Mike agreed to because obviously the moment Pierre hears I get the chance to talk to Mike, 
no matter what is said, he's going to get all the clicks in the world. And I am in no way, shape, or form saying that Pierre Lebrun is, is going for clickbait here. He's like my, one of my favorite members of the media. But like, you get, like, I wonder what there was, like, because Babcock, as we know, as we have seen, is very good at deflecting questions. Like, yeah. he's, he's got the, he's got right. the, you know, the, what's the famous one? Like, oh, you ever, oh, when you talk about the power play was bad, don't know oh, about those, uh, those, those hot dogs in the BMO field, pretty good, eh? yeah. Italian sausage. You know what's one part I laughed at and I thought about Alex? when the whole Mitch Marner situation and he's like I knew I made a mistake so I went to Lula Morello and Mark Hunter oh okay okay Okay. nice choice okay buddy okay buddy yeah that's where you go Um, (laughs) those were the days not really but um, but here's the thing the thing the way it was the way the way Mike Babcock positioned himself. I think it's definitely a reality that sometimes you do things that you don't necessarily know how they affect other people. I think it's just a reality of living life. It's just, it's just the way it is, but the way it was positioned in the, in the article, maybe the way Babcock positioned it is that he was a full on victim. You're Daniel. I don't, I remember if it was you, Adam or Daniel said it accountability. I think it was both of you who actually said it, but, he wasn't, it didn't feel like he was taking accountability. He was kind of saying, yeah, I did something wrong, but, and then he, bl- and it felt like he was kind of trying to push the blame somewhere else or trying to say, well, uh. when he was going on about the Marner stuff and he's like, well, I didn't get a list. I just talked to Bozak, I think. And it was like, well, Mitch kind of thinks this. Like, okay, you didn't do the list, but you still told Bozak. Okay, so the same idea. Is yeah. a work right. So the what idea is still there. It didn't go exactly maybe how it was positioned. Okay. But oh, God. The doing? general idea. I know it's like a time, it's, you know, it's about being timely with things. But in my opinion, I think two things that this would have been nice as a full fledged feature. And second, I that wish the they added that was Daniel, the editor, speaking right there. Okay? Yeah, and I think uh, <laughs> the second part, uh, yeah, because I want you know, I want, I want a bit more weight to this. Um, second yeah. is, I, I wanted, I don't know, a, a thoughts on Cal Dubis part. <laughs> I'd be interested in hearing that because I think they did, ba- they did uh, collide more often than we think. Because there's no way that was not in the interview. <laughs> well, again, remember. I will never forget when Babcock was line matching in OT and it cuts to Dubis and I can't lip read, I can't read lips, but he had the same reaction visibly that we all have. Like, what are you doing? Cause I'm thinking, who did he play? You're right. It was against um, Columbus. It wasn't last year. It was obviously yeah. a couple of years ago. But it was just like, what, what what's what going you through your mind right now? And, and even day one, I remember Muzzin got traded. I think we even talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Dubas trades for Muzzin a first. Uh, Muzzin and um, maybe, Grunstrom. It was Gun- Dursey. Grunstrom, Dersey, a first. Tobias Bjornfoot. Uh, who turned out to be yeah. uh, Tobias Bjornfoot. And Mike Babcock's first, like, first notable thing he says right. is – well, he doesn't play on the right. Yeah, it's like, huh? We'll make it work, but you know, it's not uh, not what I really want. We, he's the best defenseman, like the best defenseman who can play defense on this team. Yeah, no question. 
Best all around. You're right. Absolutely. The Fulton Sheen of this uh this team. Exactly. The Fulton Reed recipient of the drama. Fulton Reed. Sorry, Fulton Sheen is a Catholic priest. Oh. My apologies for that. Okay. Was a Catholic priest. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Fulton I should, Reed. I heard Fulton. Fulton. I'm like, that's our award. Fulton. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, shall we move on though? Yeah, but again, we love Pierre Lebrun. It's yes, just yes, 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 yes. maybe yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things where you know you're so hyped up about like you know of a movie trailer, and then when you finally see things like your expectations are sky high, and that's what, what I had. The best parts were in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but still, I mean, it's still everyone should go check out the read. Um, it's it's interesting. Nonetheless, you're gonna come. You're gonna enjoy reading it. The athletic sport writers. Yeah, I like just a new standard in sports journalism. Mm-hmm. Steve Dangle and that are on there now, aren't they? Yes, on part of their yeah, network. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Another podcast is full of ads because they're selling. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm them. <laughs> I wish I was them. Yeah, I thought they're great. They're great. I love Steve. They Dangle. are. They had a great episode with um with Digit Murphy. She's hilarious, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Talked about it earlier. The Canucks, they won their opening game against the Oilers. They have not won since. Every single game they've lost has been by three goals. The power play has not been great. Pedersen has not looked right. They have been letting in, like, their defense has not looked great. Again, Harmon Dial has this great breakdown and how concerned you should actually be about all these. These main reasons the Canucks are off to a kind of flimsy start on the athletic again, friend, of, we can call him a friend of the show. He's friend been on a show. few times. He's been we were going to ask him if he actually was, but then he cut out as he was saying goodbye. So we couldn't uh, do it, but we love him. We love him. We love him. We laughed about the, about the, the sense together. That's a, that's a bomb. Yeah, it's a, don't worry. It's a chance to have him uh, on again. So we ask him to be a friend. Uh, it's, yeah, a bond. Um, it's a bond. But right now the Canucks are really going against a team that is the Canucks have been on a losing streak. The Canadians have been on a hot streak right now. They come off a game when they kill seven penalties versus Oh God! Stop taking penalties! God damn it! Seven penalty um, penalties killed against the Edmonton Oilers. Another game when they score a power play goal. Everything is going right for the Canadians right now, and I wonder what do the Canucks have to do right now to try and get a win tonight? Because it can it can happen. I mean, Pedersen at any time has not looked right, but he can always snap it back into shape. Same with Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. I thought you were. Oh no! Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, yeah, like they've been—they um, haven't looked right. I think you're right. Like I think that's the story of the the Vancouver Canucks so far is that they they haven't looked right. Um, you know, they did lose pieces. Like I, I think we we forgot about that. Markstrom, Tanev, those two guys were were um for the last how many years have been i know tanev with injuries but still he's an important part of the team um obviously Toffoli for the back half of last year in that playoff run now in montreal like they're struggling here like yeah you're right Pedersen can Pedersen's gonna step up eventually right like this isn't it's not like he's a bust it's not like he just went away like remember he's I don't know if it's this season or next season. The guy's going to get paid. Right. So the guy, if he's, he knows this, it's not, he's, he knows what's about to come. Uh, He is up actually. If I can find his name, he is an RFA at the end of this season. 
Oh, fun times. At the same time, yes, as <sighs> our good friend, Quentin Hughes. Quentin Hughes. Fun Quentin times Hughes. for them. Um, Daniel. Yeah, what I kind of felt too was that loss of synergy they had. That moment, like that that momentum they had in the playoffs, that it's just not there. What what I've been watching them, especially against Calgary, and it's so sad seeing them play against Jakob Markstrom and just struggle like that. Is it's a two line team, where they've lost so much depth. They've lost, to be honest, they lost a lot of leadership from that team. Like I've always been a Chris Tanev fan. I've always been a Jakob Markstrom fan, and I think these are the guys that I personally would want to have around to a young captain like Bo Horvat, mm-hmm. where I'm not going to see that now with Jay Beagle or um, Anton Roussel, where they have the talent, the top end talent to keep getting better. But I think right now it's a bit of a misstep. They really kind of mismanaged that off season. And we didn't know to what degree it was going to be like, but we're seeing the results now where, you know, these stumps are not going to happen. They're going to have the big games from the young, from the young talent, but to sustain this in a shortened season, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. And I know it's only four games in. Just to speak on something, they're missing JT Miller. He hasn't played, which shows how important to the team he is. Mm-hmm. I think he may be back, though. Because I, I think they were is he back? They, they were trying all their things to get him around quarantine. They were, um, yeah. Let's see. I'll I'm just find going out. to try and double check because it's gonna be great. Great if he's back tonight. Nice time for you to come back, Mister um, Mister Miller. One um, thing to he... comment on with that is, I'm still surprised. Like I know he's a great, always been a great player. Yeah. But the way he broke out and just to think, like he was a depth piece on Tampa. Oh, that trade at the time was like, what are you doing? Man? Yeah. It was bizarre. Been... I remember at the time, I think I criticized them for, for making that trade because the year before, I mean, I think uh, Pedersen had just had a, a breakout season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn Hughes had played the bat, the the last, I think, a uh, few games for the team. But other than that, like Markstrom was still good, but it's like there wasn't really much. There wasn't much there. Um, JT Miller, by the way, he came back last game, had oh, an assist okay. in it, even rating. But um, so then, like talking about him, by the way, how many points do you guys think he had last year? I didn't know he was this good last season. 71. Uh, he was almost a point per game. Uh, uh, Daniel says 71. What do you say, Alex? I'll say 65. In 69 games played, he had 72 points. Wow. I did not know he was above point per game. 27 oh goals. What happened there? Playing with Patterson probably all, doesn't it, lads? Um, yeah. No, so, hey, maybe another game in, because obviously he, that would have been his first game. Like, right. A few of these guys have, they're going to be, you know, he, he's still sort of shaking off the rust. And uh, you know maybe he he maybe he'll help Patterson sort of wake up. Um, the other side of this matchup though is the Montreal are is are are the Montreal Canadiens. Um, congratulations to Alexander Romanov. His agent apparently has come out and said it's Romanov, not Romanov. God damn it! But congratulations, to Alexander Romanov. Yaroslav Askarov. 
Yeah, listen. I'll tell you why. Yeah, I've, I've been, been naming, saying all the names wrong. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I've been pronouncing it Romanov. Because in history class, yes, I was when we learned that. about the Russian Empire, Romanov. I need. There must be a relation. I'm just saying. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not, but maybe. Listen, Never know. Everyone was calling him Romanov. And no one pointed it out till now. Romanov. I'm so mad. I think in my HFR, I called him Romanov and Romanov. So I'm gonna. This is gonna be one of those things we're gonna have to practice. We're gonna have yeah. to think about during our, uh, you know, voice, our, our voice Preliminary. practices. <clears throat> yes. Romanov. Exactly. Um. Though the Canadians, I mean, yeah, I compared them to the, this matchup was gonna be a lot like the one against the Oilers. They are the deeper team here. And I mean, they're just, they're flying high. The one criticism you can really have is towards the end of the games that they're leading, they need to have their foot on the gas a bit more because there's been back-to-back games now where they've kind of screwed the shutout for their goalie. Um, like Petrie making a pretty silly pass through and turns it over on the power play. But again, this is a Canadian scene. As long as they can continue the pressure. And again, like the Canucks... In their own zone, like Hughes is amazing, but the rest of their defense is still kind of questionable. And if you can sort of put the pressure on their zone and get lots of shots away, which we know is Montreal's game, they have a very strong chance of pulling out a W tonight. I think they have they have an extremely strong chance mm-hmm. to pull off the W. I don't really think there's not a whole lot um, necessarily in their way because you're right. I think they are the um, they have more depth than the Canucks. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we saw they had some struggles um, in terms of contracts. And, uh, you know, Vancouver may have some uh, undesirable contracts at the bottom <laughs> of their lineup. No mm-hmm. names to be named. Um, but I think if Montreal can Montreal can use that depth to their advantage, I really think that's what's going to take them over the edge. Mm, I agree like the amount of depth Montreal has and I think we've talked about it like they come after wave after wave mm-hmm. on you and that's gonna hurt Vancouver when they don't have their top two lines going um I know they have Jake for right now listed on the third line but he just is a guy too that is coming in cold this year that you know sometimes to see that effectiveness that he has on the team it takes a bit of time and it's just gonna. It's just not there for them. I think Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver is gonna really struggle when they have to start thinking about rolling out number three and number four. In terms of their defense, what I've said before, the word is like synergy that they just don't have it. I think Travis Halmanick is still adjusting because yeah. this guy, like I always forget, he didn't play for a really long time. He opted out of the playoffs, did he not? Yeah. Yes, he did. Mm. That he's a guy that he's expected to, you know, hypothetically take on Chris Tanham's minutes, but. That's going to be another thing where the depth wasn't really there anyways, and it's just going to affect them. Or I'm just slightly concerned about it, but Oleo Yevi, where that, I don't know, it's just, it's just not there for me right now. And when I think about that team, it's just, you know, a lot of promise, but given what Montreal has, where they're a team where, you know, they've, had that narrative before in terms of what is the promise, what are we going to have? I think the, the stability is just going to get them over the edge, that the, the wave after wave. Attack the right side. 
attack the right side of their defense for me. Like Tyler Myers, I don't know how many Canadians are slower than Tyler Myers, but I don't think it's a lot. Like that's uh, he scored the other night, but if anything, like the Canadian speed, they should just be able to like the moment. And like Nate Schmidt is, I know he's a great skater, but on his in his own net, I'm sorry, in his own end of the ice, he's not as good as a guy like Tanev either. So, listen, but and we're not totally counting out the Canucks here because again, no. Elias Pedersen, there was a reason people were talking about him winning the MVP of this year. People saying he's better than McDavid. Shut okay, down. shut up. Not yet. He's not Nathan McKinnon. He's not uh, in that conversation. Do you see what McKinnon said about Deneau earlier? I did yeah. see. I did see. I think. So. Yeah, did someone retweet it on the um, account? Um, it or was no? not me. I, so wait, which one of you? <laughs> which, it was not me. Um, I barely use the show account. Every time I do, you know, because Mike calls me out because he realizes it's me. <laughs> but it was, I don't know which one of you did it, but it was the thing of the, the, the Deneau from Chicago trade for Montreal and how I bring it up every episode. That, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. me. Um, I've been tweeting sometime. It must be Alex. That so. was not me. It was obviously Daniel. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me find the exact quote up here because you're, you're damn right. I'm gonna bring this up. <laughs> you know I am. Um, okay, so this is why are you talking to me about Matt? I don't care about Matt Calvert. Where is where is this quote? Why can't I find it now? Nathan McKinnon. All right, here we go. We're gonna find it. We're gonna mm-hmm. find it. Nathan McKinnon, he's, you know, he's probably, okay, you two debate quickly. Who's better, McKinnon or Crosby right now in their career? At the moment? Yes. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, like it's, my heart says Crosby, but my approach to the game says Nathan McKinnon right now. I think you never count out Crosby. I think, what we're arguing about here is, Okay, who's the second and third best player in the game right now? Yeah, I think, in my opinion, that's what I'm arguing. It's I don't gonna know if go. You guys have Crosby that high? It's gonna come down to hockey card collection, I think, <laughs> to so, decide this. Nathan, this is from. Um, so from the uh, the tweet itself came from. I don't know who this guy is, but I, I just <laughs> he's he's a Habs YouTuber. I recognize him. Um. So Nathan McKinnon, and he, I love the way he phrases this, arguably the best player in the NHL when asked who is a pain in the ass to play against, quote, Deneau, such a center, say such a good centerman. It's hard to get space on him. I don't know if he's in Selkie talks, but he should be. Hopefully he wins one. Good versus everyone, not just me. Okay, so apparently this was asked on spitting chiclets and Biz Nasty, sorry, Bizanet, everyone calls him Biz Nasty. Um, was the one who asked the question. So I guess Habs fans heard that and thought, let's go, let's regurgitate this. Um, another reason they should try and re-sign him. The cap hit won't be as big because no one has any money. Try and do it. The mm. Alsner buyout will be much less. They have the money. They have the technology. Yeah, but, you know, well, I'm not going to, how long? Oh. By the oh. way, Wait, you cut out. You froze for a bit, Adam. Sorry, my internet connection is unstable, apparently. Uh We'll see what happens with Dubois before they get to... Don't trade Nick Suzuki. 
if 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 tech line is like you if the moment he's done saying nick you hang up the phone yeah but you he know we all know so good we know all know he, that's starting like that's what keck is gonna start with like there's mm-hmm. no other yeah. there's no other question ryan paling he wouldn't be he doing do his job this. properly he should do paling absolutely one for one <laughs> i would do that in paul byron to match up the cap i don't know yeah, well, no, you give us the Dubinsky stuff and then they figure it out and then, yeah, it will be good. Mm-hmm. The one year of that Alzner buyout is screwing them right now. I think if that buyout wasn't on the thing, I think they were going to get, I think Hoffman would be a half right now. Because apparently they really wanted to bring him on. I'm like, yeah, but where in the lineup is he playing right. <laughs> at this point? I'm like, I'll take right. it, but like, just like. 13 <laughs> Ford playing the power play. I, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, but still, that's, that's going to be fun. They've been off to a fun start. Really, really fun start. Ben Chirot gets way too comfortable sometimes and like pinching. I'm like, why are you in the hash mark? What's happening right now? He just loves, I don't know. This is what I think. Okay. I know this is a very random tangent on Ben Chirot, but he just, he just seems more confident and comfortable where he is now than he was in Winnipeg. He's not that Chirot anymore. So I don't know what happened to him getting to Montreal, but he is a completely different player. Yeah. Like in a good way. Yeah, it's the beard. It's amazing to me. It's uh, he's just that's something where it's funny. He's become a guy Winnipeg, you know, kind of <laughs> needs right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, they could use Winnipeg Tyler Mudge. They could use anyone right now. <laughs> anyway. I'll take him though. Not um, Jacob Truba though. Not uh, no, not, not, not Jacob Truba. Oh boy. Um, I think that's everything though. So. Is it? I think that's I just want to point out that after a year and a half, the picture is finally up. So oh, yes. Congrats, Alex. I love it. It's nice. And it's a Reebok jersey, too. That's cool. Is it? Yeah. It's. Um, I know Adidas owns Reebok, but it's still cool that yeah. Reebok. Well, you have the Reebok Matthews jersey. That's all I have to say. Well, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, be sure to check out the YouTube channel to see our beautiful faces. You can see Will's face when he makes the announcement. He kind of looks like Brendan Gallagher, except Will is like, except like Much Brendan Gallagher shorter than me, and Will is like six three. Yeah. So, very different players. I mean, um, yeah, Will's was the best. I love Will. Good, good Habs fan. Happy to be on his team. Yeah, I was talking to him for like twenty minutes about Carey Price's equipment. There's a video where apparently Price is going to be talking about his mask. I'll send that to Will probably. Um, and yeah, be sure to check out my YouTube channel for videos after every Canadians game. Check out Alex's blog, Daniel's stuff at the at the um, at the eye opener. Yes, think, yeah, you're right. I'm sure there's past stuff and now stuff coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two of the eye opener. Season two. <laughs> If you're on the iTunes, no, it's not iTunes anymore. Crap, why'd they change Apple Podcast? Give us a five-star rating because you love the show. You can take it back later if you want, but you enjoy it so much you won't. Just follow on wherever you listen to your podcast. We're going to be there. Some sites we didn't even know we were, but we are. Isn't that the miracle of technology of 21st century stuff? Yeah. Remember when everyone thought the world was going to end in the year 2000? Boy, where we've come from there. (laughs) 20 years later. 21. I think that's everything. Okay. Thank you, The Voice Set. It's always been a fantastic platform for the show. And we will see you all Sunday.